Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Education on Fire podcast. Back in 2019 into the early part of 2020, we also produced a show called Learning on Fire. And the aim of this was to interview guests from around the world who were basically living life on their terms. And we wanted to sort of deep dive into why it was that they felt they'd achieved this. And we reverse engineered it back into their educational experience, the kind of advice they were given and the people that gave it to them and the sorts of wisdom and advice they'd like to share with you and also maybe their children to make sure that this was passed down from generation to generation. Now, we've started to incorporate this kind of conversation within Education on Fire as well, but I wanted to make sure that you had access to all of this fantastic information right here as part of Education on Fire. And that's why we decided to release these bonus episodes for you in addition to the shows that we were already producing. So this is a previously released Learning on Fire podcast, which I really hope you enjoy. There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to Lucia Giovannini. Hi Lucia, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Hi Mark, I'm so excited and honoured to be here with you. So, who am I? That's a big question. So... In the last 25 years or so, I've been uh, uh, leading workshops and retreats and seminars uh, for people as well as companies, all related to uh, personal development and, in a sense, education, you know, educating people to become the better version of themselves. And I'm also an author because I've been writing uh, 13 books right now, one of those books is also in English, called A Whole New Life, um, the others uh, in Italian. <laughs> um, and apart from that, I'm a seeker, uh, uh, I'm a student of life, because I think that, I mean, we, we always are students of life, because life has so much to teach us. I live uh, part of the time in Italy and part of the time in Asia, between Thailand and uh, Bali, and that's where I lead my retreats. Um, and uh, I also, uh, part of my work is also devoted to uh, training new facilitators and coaches and teachers, um, you know, to, to so that they can expand this, this kind of work. And another part of my work is about being an, an advocate and an activist for environment and animals. So there really is a whole range of things there, which is wonderful. And, and it all seems very life-centered and all life-based. And, and that seems to be the real essence of everything that you're involved in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because I think that, I mean, we together, we can uh, really make a difference in this world, uh, make it a better world and uh, and really become the best version of ourselves. And when I say that, I mean develop the good qualities of human being, basically. 
And I think one of the things which has come across quite strongly in, in recent weeks as I've been chatting to people is the fact that people, especially when they're growing up and, and they're in the school system, that they feel like everything has to be related to something external. It's about, you know, what's my value based on my last test score or the fact that I have to fit into a routine that may or may not suit me. And and the, the general theme has been that sense of having these ideas and, and because you're involved in it a lot it makes it difficult but actually having yourself at the center of that you know education and learning is a tool it's something to get inspired with and to use to be your best self in in the way that you are going forward and I think having these conversations at the center of what education and what learning is is, is a great place to start and then I think you have more control over understanding where the learning and the education side fits in. Yeah well definitely there's only one place to, place to start, and that place is within ourselves, always. And so uh, something I'm also very passionate about is actually trying to improve the, the, the education system, at least in Italy. Uh, and I actually launched a program called A Whole New School uh, based on my book, A Whole New Life. And that's exactly the point of it, you know, starting from within, starting from ourselves. Because uh, we spend so much time, you know, focusing outside ourselves. And the schooling system is all about that. At school, we learn uh, um, about geography, history, mathematics, and I'm, I'm not saying it's not right. Of course, we have to learn about those things. But at the same time, how much do we learn about ourselves? In my case, in my, I mean, uh, schooling experience, basically nothing. And so, uh, it, it, but in reality, that's so important because in life, uh, that's where we need to start from. And it's interesting because on my um, on my other podcast, Education on Fire, I'm I'm currently recording some things for well-being as as part of my next season, and and one of the one of the things which has struck me quite a lot of as I've been chatting to people about that is being very much the sense that well-being is often used as a way to fix people who seem to already have a problem. Um, so you know you do mindfulness because you're stressed or 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 something like that. And of course, in reality, is if you have yourself at the centre and actually well-being is where you start from and everything else comes around it then it shouldn't be something that needs to be fixed it's something that just enhances who you are so that you can then go out into the world and be yourself yeah definitely and you can have better results i mean it's not just you know like some fluffy uh things but but or new agey you know uh, ideas but it, it really helps you to be more grounded more focused more energetical more vital and to have better results in life yeah, I absolutely agree. So I'm really looking forward to how all this um, fits into the rest of our conversation because I think there's going to be some great insights coming up. And, and let's let's talk about your life as you've been growing up. So what does your life look like now and how is it different from when you were growing up? And I guess we can take this slightly into, into your different career paths as well. Yeah, well, it's quite... Uh, there are some commonalities, I must honestly say, and many differences, of course. So uh, I want to... Uh, start by saying that since I was a child, I've always felt a deep call for creating a better world, and not just for us humans, but also for the other beings that share this planet with us. And I'm talking about animals, trees, Mother Earth. 
And so when someone would ask me, what are you going to do when you grow up? You know, the typical question. I would answer, I will do anything to make the world a better place. I will do anything to have less, less suffering in the world. Uh, so that will be my job. But then uh, when I was still at college, I started modeling. I started be, being a model and I started by chance, but soon it became a full-time career. So for quite a long time, I was working as a model. Um, and then, of course, I started feeling, well, at the beginning, it was just unsatisfaction. Then it became depression. And I didn't apparently understand why. But in reality, deep inside myself, I knew that. And it was precisely because all my life was about exteriority, you know. And and I had forgotten that that, that first call, soul calling that I had since I was a child. So to make a long story short, I quit everything. I quit my marriage. I quit my house. I quit my three companies that I had established in the fashion industry. In the meanwhile, um, I left Milan where I was living and I went back to my hometown. And I mean, and it was not easy. It was quite a tough moment of my life. Uh, because, I mean, the, the idea I had is to become a spiritual coach. But at that time in Italy, there was no, I mean, coaching was not known at all. And so, um, I mean, even even my good friends, when they asked me, okay, but I, I, I get it that you don't, you know, want this kind of life anymore, but what do you want to do? And I used to say, I want to become a spiritual coach. And, and they would look at me and say, what, are you going to work in a gym? Because at that time in Italy, I mean, I'm talking about 25 years ago, uh, even probably even 27 years ago, uh, the only coaching that was known was sports coaching. <laughs> so it was it was not easy. I struggled to get clients at the beginning because there was no concept of this, you know, personal improvement or education. As you said, I mean, people who used to go to psychologists if they had a problem, but other than that. Nothing, no idea of just, you know, continuous education, continuous improvement. So it was not easy. But then, you know, I, I, I stick to it and I, I had the, in a sense, the courage to, to keep on trying. And, and, and then eventually I started my, my new career. So what are the commonalities? The commonalities is that when I was a, a model, but even before that, when I was a kid, I... I used to travel a lot because my father used to live in Africa and my mother in Italy. So I was, you know, traveling between the two countries. Well, actually the two continents. <laughs> and so, um, and then when I was a model, I, I traveled the world, you know, doing fashion shows and and, and catwalks and, and, uh, and shooting, photo shootings. And now I'm traveling a lot again, uh, you know, teaching and leading workshops. Um, I used to meet lots of people at that time. I meet lots of people now. So I guess that in a way, life is preparing us to the next step, you know. Uh, but at the same time, of course, now it's very different because um, at that time, it was all about the external world and my external appearance, you know, my body, my face and all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now it's all about the internal appearance. In a way, in, at that time, it was about external beauty. And now it's about finding our own internal inner beauty. And now, of course, I'm more, 
more clear. Luckily, I'm more clear about my mission. So whereas when I, I mean, when I was a child, I was clear about my mission, but I didn't have the means, you know, to to do anything about my mission. Rather than trying to save any animal, I would, you know, find. Now, when I was a model, I had totally lost my idea of mission. I, I had totally lost any contact with with my soul in a way, because uh, I was so focused on you know the the, the glamorous life. Uh, but now, luckily, I, I got more in touch with with what I call my mission in life. You know, my passion, what I what I really want to do. I learned to speak up. I wasn't really good at speaking up at all. So I've, in a way, developed tools to create the changes I, I, I wanted in my life. And, and I'm still changing and I'm still learning, of course. I'm not saying that I have arrived anywhere, but at least, you know, I, I can now look backward and see all the steps that I took. I think that, that there's a few really interesting things in there. And, and I think the understanding that there is an inherent knowing, like you say, within your soul about, what's important to you and you can't necessarily especially when you're younger know what that's going to look like in the future but you can know the next step and actually yeah. it's the, it's those continual steps that'll take you through life that'll take your journey will um unfold in front of you rather than always having to plan out those things and I like the fact that you said you know you you did lots of traveling you enjoy the traveling you like meeting people you know and also that that's still the case it just happens to be in a very different scenario than you were like you say when you're in sort of modeling and, and doing that kind of thing so it i think it is just connecting some of those ideas within you of knowing what you're about and then allowing the rest of it to happen sometimes yeah yeah definitely and i think that somehow when we are kids we have some glimpse you know of our I call it mission, life mission. You can call it, you know, what's important in your life. You know, the, I really feel it's like the reason why we incarnated in this body. Uh, but I mean, it can be called in many ways. But anyway, when we are kids, I think we still, you know, in a way, remember why we we came into this uh, earth, into this incarnation. And then, of course, in a way, schooling system does not help us to to remember that. Mm -hmm. Families, most of the time, at least my parents didn't have a clue. That, I mean, just to give you an example, I've loved animals so much since I was, I mean, a little kid, and I did not want to eat meat. I refused to eat any kind of meat. Because to me, even when I was a kid, the idea of eating another living being was, you know, appalling. And of course, my parents did not understand that. How could they understand that? And and we had, you know, big continuous fight about that. And until like when I was nine years old and they finally said, okay, we are so tired. We are sick and tired of you. So just eat whatever you want. And, <laughs> wow, finally. Uh, but, you know, of course, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the knowledge at that time of why I really, I mean, I was so strong in that con in that idea. Uh, but when, of course, now, when I look at that time, I, I, of course, I'm still vegan now after like, now I'm 55 years old. So after so many years, uh, but, uh, now I know why I felt that, but at that time I had no idea. I had no way to explain it. So I think that if we can do something to really help kids to, you know, remember their mission to, 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 
develop the, the, the necessary skills to, to bring their missions into the world, uh, that would help a lot rather than fighting them. Yes, absolutely. And, mm. and, and, and it's a very fine line sometimes, isn't it, between adults sort of with more experience knowing what they think is best, but at the same time allowing children to be themselves. And, and you don't know what that is. That's the thing is you have to trust them. And, and I always think back sometimes to watching a, a toddler start to learn to walk is the fact you, you never teach a toddler how to walk. You just allow them to try and they get up and they fall down, they hold on to something. And then before you know it, without even really working at it, except, of course, they're doing it all the time, they're suddenly walking and running around. And I think that happens naturally. That's inherently how life works. And I think if we can harness that as a concept and a principle and allow children to do that as they start to get further into their life as well, then everything would be much more simple. Yeah, well, it's beautifully said, Mark. Totally, totally true and totally agree. Like It's like a seed, you know, you plant it in the earth and then the seed just needs water and, and then it, it blossoms. It, 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 it becomes to its full capacity. And, and so uh, the same thing is with a child. Of course, it needs watering and watering is love and watering is nurturing and watering is good education, of course. But then it just you know, blossoms into himself or herself. And we talked a little bit about the education system and, and those sorts of things so far, but what was actually valuable about your school experience? Well, um, I still have very good memories of, um, you know, I mean, I must honestly say something. When I went to school, it was a period of political turmoil, okay, in Italy. So um, the, 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 the good memories are memories of collaboration, are memories of uh, uh, having strong ideals and fighting for something, for justice. Um, and and uh, I had, you know, with my schoolmates, we, we really were together in, you know, like fighting the system, in uh, trying to do something good, and and, um, and and that was something that was, I mean, is still in me in some ways, you know. Uh, so that was, I think, the most valuable part. And I, I mean, there were a few teachers who actually inspired us in that sense, but most of them not. And and I'm not so sure if it were for those teachers or basically just you know the, the, the political turmoil that was going on and and it was not just me i was i was one of the leaders of the uh, school revolution in a way <laughs> uh but uh but it was not just me i mean it, it, we were like a group together and and uh, and this sense of togetherness of fighting for something was was valuable definitely and I often ask which teachers do you remember and why and, and and often the answer comes across as you know someone that inspired them um someone who connected on a on a, on a very natural way which enabled to really um enha- enhance their life but it sounds to me like maybe actually y- your 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 answer to this might be somewhat different based on you remember them for a slightly negative point of view rather than necessarily a positive one even the negative had some i mean help me in a way and, I, and i'll tell you more so let's start with the positive i remember 
in Italian is called Maestro Berti. So Berti was his surname, uh, and uh, he was my elementary school teacher. And uh, he was like a patient father to us. So um, my real father was not that patient, <laughs> but I mean, he was a strong man and, and I admired him, but, but not that patient. But Maestro Berti was, you know, like the good um, image of maybe even more grandfather, you know, yeah. uh, and that is the memory that, that is still with me. And then secondary school i had this italian teachers i mean he was she was teaching italian and um, and she was mean and she was really you know uh like marking every little mistake even a comma um very very strict super strict and i remember once she marked an essay of mine for my ideas like it was an essay, I don't remember exactly the, the, the topic, but in my ideas for her were too liberal, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. And and uh, and I was, I mean, I liked writing, okay? So I was quite good in Italian. <laughs> well, because it's my, <laughs> it's my native language, first of all, <laughs> and secondly, because I like writing. So, so, uh, the only mistakes she she was that were marked were mistakes on ideas like this idea makes no sense this idea is too liberal this idea so i i remember standing up and uh, in front of the whole class and speaking to her and saying you have no right whatsoever to comment to to, to judge my ideas you, if I make mistakes, you know, in grammar, in spelling, of course you have you have to to mark them, and it's fair and it's your task. But don't ever dare to to judge my ideas anytime. So it was, you know, like, and I was probably eleven or twelve years old. So it's really, I mean, a strong reaction. For that age and of course it was a big mess she called my mother and i was brought to the headmaster <laughs> and i said the same thing okay okay it may be too liberal for you but those are my ideas and you have to respect my ideas and uh so at the end she she had to change the grade she she put on that essay <laughs> because in fact the the bad grade was just for the ideas but the grammar the spelling was all correct so, you know, even a difficult teacher, uh, and I mean, she was known as, as a mean teacher to all of us, but even a difficult teacher, I still remember that episode like years and years ago, but I still remember it because it, it was something that prompted me to, to, you know, to speak up for myself. And then I remember a very good teacher in high school. Uh, she was a teacher of anthropology. And she used to invite us to her house to give us more teachings, at least those of us who were interested in anthropology, and I was super interested. And uh, so she, I think she really um, inspired me in my passion to study the subject and learning from those uh, primitive cultures, which I, you know, have been doing for years after that. I really love the fact that someone that really pushes you, even if it like you say at the age of 11 or 12 or something like that is, is amazing you know to get such a strong reaction but 
I guess, like I said, you can really sense the essence of who you are then, you know, to the point that, you know, you really had to get your voice out there beyond the essay to actually stand up and talk about it and then to reinforce it, like I said, when you were then with the headmaster and, and parents coming in. And, and I think that that's, that's a wonderful thing. And you can never quite tell exactly where these valuable lessons are going to come from, can you? It's not always just by the, the natural ebb and flow of what you think schooling's about. It's actually the impact that it has beyond that very often. Exactly, exactly. And that's the idea. And that, that's the lesson I still remember in life. You know, sometimes in life we come across difficult people or difficult situations. But even those people, even those situations sometimes are the best teachers. Not in the sense that they pass, you know, that they are nice to us or they pass good teachings themselves, but they put us in front of, you know, a situation where we need to really take a step. Uh, where we need to be courageous, for example, where we need to uh, collect all our strength and use it. So, yeah, I totally, from that moment, I think that that lesson really uh, is, is a reminder for me that, uh, you know, advancements or, or, or lessons in life are not always pleasurable. Sometimes difficult moments are the ones that make us grow more or difficult people. I, I completely agree. And, and what I love about that is that it's it's almost like we were talking about towards the beginning of our conversation, you know, if you have the starting point that this is all about you, it's about your journey and your growth, then these things are a very, very positive thing. Um, if you're if you're not thinking in that way and it's all about getting the grade that you need to get, then it feels like a very negative one, which is why that whole sense of, of well-being and your personal growth and your personal understanding of what you're here to do has a completely different shift in your mindset about what learning is all about. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Who did you admire when you were young and what was it about that person that had such an impact? So two people. Uh, I actually had their, you know, posters in my room. I read their books, their, their biography, everything. One was Martin Luther King and the other one was Albert Schweitzer. So Martin Luther King, of course, is more known as a minister, was a minister, an activist who became, you know, the most visible spokesman and leader in the civil rights mo- movement. Actually, he helped develop the civil rights, mo- rights movement. Um, and, um, well, he got assassinated in 1968. So I was four years old. And probably it's because at that time, I mean, lots of people were speaking about him that I got to know him. I, I mean, not personally, but I got to, you know, know the, the, the man, the, the, his teachings and his um, and what he believed in. And it, he fascinated, I mean, I was so fascinated about him. Um, and, and, and I'll go to the second one because they have something in common. So Albert Schweitzer was a theologian an organist, I mean, a musician, a writer, humanitarian, philosopher, physician. So actually, he also received the Nobel Prize at some point. Um, and he was a medical missionary in Africa. He actually built uh, a, an hospital there. And also, uh, Albert Schweitzer, his whole life, he uh, fought injustice and cruelties. Uh, and, you know, he, he fought for... Uh, equal rights so in his own way you know uh, so I think 
when I look at those two people, and at that time, again, it's interesting because at that time, I just admired them. I had posters of them in my uh, room, uh, but I didn't, I never made the link between the two because, of course, Albert Schweitzer was French-German and he lived part of his life in Europe and part of, the, of his life in Africa. Martin Luther King, and was, you know, white. Martin Luther King was black and he lived in the States. So, you know, I, I don't even think they, they never knew each other. So at that time, I, I used to see them as two separate, you know, people. But at the same time, when I look at their teachings and what they stand for, what they stood for is the same things, you know, justice, being equal among people, uh, sympathy for the other living beings. Uh, Schweitzer was a vegetarian, by the way. So I guess that this was, you know, what really, I mean, the impact that they both had on me. Uh, and by the way, Martin Luther King, he was imprisoned nearly 30 times in his life. So, of course, he was arrested for acts of disobedience, you know. And so... Um, I think again now, you know, when I when I look back and I and I con connect all the dots, um, even my reaction to that teacher, you know, on the essay was somehow inspired by him because he definitely was someone who did not stay silent, but he spoke up in front of injustices. And I think as we get older, it's it's easier, isn't it, to see the dots and 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 you start to be able to sort of. Um look back and, and sort of see the patterns that come through but I think as you're going through it I think being very accepting of it is the only thing that you can do and 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 experience is a wonderful thing but you just have to embrace where you are at the time and I think that self-inquiry as you've been talking about before and just sort of listening to your sort of inner guidance will will, will show you the way but it's it's really fascinating now I, I look back over various things that have gone through my life and I just think yes but without this or without that or whatever you were drawn to like you say whether it's Martin Luther King or whoever inspires you you start to understand where those connections come from and, and they're, they're often much closer than you think when you're younger growing growing up through those times yeah yeah I mean and of course uh, you can't connect the dots uh, un until you know sometimes later if while you are leaving those things you just as you said you just have to trust the process and and uh, trust your inner guidance and and just go with it and and uh, yeah it, it's not easy to to and most of the times in my life I didn't have that you know clarity on where I was going I mean what 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 my next step was going to be um, but just you know taking a step after the other patiently that is what in a way helped me and I, I do have this this thought quite often doing this podcast because there is a kind of a paradigm in some of these ideas in as much as we're sharing such valuable insights and great advice from a place of experience looking back often. And, and I know had, you know, if I was listening to this as my teenage self or even slightly beyond that, I wouldn't necessarily take it in the same way that I'm listening to it now as, a, as an adult or yeah. as a parent or, or anything like that. But I think 
if I'd heard some of these things in the way that people are talking about them and in the way that we're discussing them today, I think it just gives everybody that opportunity to, ah, right, now I understand in a way that I didn't before. You can still only do it and experience it in the place that you are, but I think hearing these themes coming through are are so valuable, no matter whatever age you are, that you're coming across it. Yeah, well, well, if someone, if I could have listened to a podcast like this when I was, let's say, in my teenagers years, it would have been amazing, you know. It would have helped me so much. Because, I mean, I was actually, when I was like 14, I remember I was reading Jung, you know, uh, personal, personality types and Freud. And I was trying to to find answers. And it was not easy to find any answers. So... Uh, luckily now there are I mean more you know things available more more places to look for and so yeah definitely it's definitely true you know the internet's brought um, everybody closer together but I think in, in this particular scenarios it, it's a very positive one because it's very hard I think especially in, in like you were talking about you know being very driven having a real sense of who you are but if there are people around you who are saying, but no, that's not okay, or or actually you don't identify with people in the same way, then you think, well, there must be either something wrong with me or I don't understand, yeah. and, you, and you start looking out. But when you can see the world slightly more globally because you're listening to a podcast or you've got access to great books or mentors around you, then you can start to... I think just slightly breach that in a way of thinking, ah, it doesn't quite fit in with my immediate locality, maybe in, you know, my home or my town or my school. But I know that beyond that, there are people who are thinking in this way and understanding what I'm doing. And then you can start to find your tribe, even if it happens to be a social media group that you're in or or a book that you like to read or something that you like to listen to. And, And I think that certainly for me gives you the chance to have a lot of confidence that actually even if you don't see it in your immediate life, there are people out there that you can identify with that you can start to find your tribe and start to follow and enhance what you want to learn. Yeah, definitely. And just the idea of, you know, knowing that there are people out there, maybe in another country or maybe far away from you, but still there are people out there who you can identify with is so precious. Because I think that, I mean, I'm not saying that we cannot make it alone. Of course, in a way we can, but it's, much more difficult whereas you know if we know that there are i mean if you find if we find our tribe then we can know where to get some support and and that's so precious so valuable and that support i mean ideally uh each of us would you know find in our home you know in our own house uh family uh, groups of friends uh schools but the, I mean, for me, for example, um, most parts of my life it has not been the case. Uh, when when I was at school, yes, because as I said, we were all together fighting for something. But then when I when I in, in, but again, I didn't find all that support from all the teachers. And when I started working as a model. I thought like I was the black sheep, you know, I was the different one. I've always been, you know, different in a way. So up to a point where I asked myself, what's wrong with me? But not just me, also other people would ask me, what's wrong with you? You're not happy (laughs) with the life you're leading? What's wrong with you? So when, you know, not just one, but two, three, four 
40 people tell you what's wrong with you then you start thinking oh maybe there's something wrong with me <laughs> you know so yeah it's it's paramount to 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 look out for for some look and for someone who who can help you yeah absolutely what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you well, um, it was given by me uh, to me by Peggy Dillon, who's um, who was a spiritual teacher and found, founder of the firewalking movement. And the piece of advice was, fear does not mean to stop. And I mean, when we feel fear, uh, of course, it's it's an unpleasant sensation it's an unpleasant feeling uh but at the same time uh, unless we do want to stop and in that sense it's okay but it doesn't necessarily mean to stop uh fear is just an energy who help that that help us being more focused and more ready so um whenever you know like just to give you an example um most of the times in my life you know i like i I found myself in not easy, I mean, situations that were, you know, challenging for me. For example, the first time I gave a speech in English, of course, I mean, it's not my native language. So I felt, you know, like fear, you know, will my English be good enough? Will I be good enough, et cetera, et cetera. And if I had um, listened to that fear, uh, I would have said, no, no, I'm not coming to give that speech. <laughs> I'm I'm busy that day, you know. But instead, okay, I, I, I said to myself, okay, I feel fear, but fear doesn't mean to stop. I need to prepare, be focused, and go. So that's the idea. The first time I taught at a university, you know, it was a big thing for me because I, by that time I've always taught at groups or companies but never at an institutional um, school like a, or important you know institution like university so again fear and again you know that self-talk oh you're good you're not good enough oh your english is not good enough etc etc and again the, the idea is to transform fear into action and that's the the what what was so important about that piece of advice I, I can really relate as a, as a musician myself the number of times that even if, when you're very experienced you can feel still feel very fearful of something and usually it's the yeah. unknown you know and and as you get older it's the experience that helps you you think I've been in these positions before I don't know the exact outcome but actually I, I I'm I'm happy enough with my ability to be able to put it off um, and and that's hard when you're inexperienced in something and like I say it can be absolutely almost sort of paralyzing in terms of some of those things you've got to do and you only have to watch um, musicians or sports people or or people in the public eye sometimes and you can just see that they're getting in the way of themselves the fear is literally stopping them from being able to be the person that they are I'm, I'm interested just to see what you think about how you can get beyond that because as you said a lot of it's self-chatter a lot of it is just the sense that it's a natural it's a natural result of something which you need to feel and is part of what's going on. But that acceptance of that, but still being able to get beyond that is, is a real challenge, I think, for lots of people. And is there something that you're able to advise in terms of being able to help that? I think certainly for me, just almost talking around the things that we've said before about understanding that you're essentially not the the fear. You know, no matter what happens, you'd like it to go really well 
that would be a great outcome but it may or it may not but it doesn't actually affect the essence of who you are and I think that's a really important thing to understand and often something difficult because like I say if you're doing your first talk in English and you think oh no if it goes wrong I'm never going to get another one then you feel like the whole world's going to come down around you but actually that's not true in in the essence of who you are. Yeah, well, definitely what you said, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, uh, the idea that even if you fail, like, for example, I remember once I gave a speech in Spanish, and I used to speak Spanish. I also, when I was a model, I also lived, you know, in Costa Rica for a while. But then I haven't been speaking Spanish for like 20 years. So I found myself in Spain, and I had to give this speech in, in English. The idea was, but then when I got there, they they tell me, oh, please, can you speak Spanish? And I said, well, I'll try. But to make a long story short, instead of saying after a meditation, at the end of a meditation, instead of saying that now it's time to open your eyes, I said that now it's time to open your pants and take out your balls (laughs) (laughs) and it was i mean like there were 400 people in the audience and most of them were men so (laughs) it was actually (laughs) not so so nice it was really really embarrassing but at the end of the day i mean i still my value as a person doesn't change and okay i made a horrible mistake i embarrassed myself but my value as a person doesn't change so one one thing that i uh, that i tell myself is what what's the worst thing that can happen am i gonna die because if if you know i there are good probabilities that i'm gonna die then okay let's think about it but if i'm not gonna die then who cares you know because my value as a person is not at stake here the other thing is that it's not about me. So, and this concept I developed lately in the last years. So when I do something, like in my case, I give a speech, but it could be like for, for a musician, you know, to play a, a piece of music. It's not about us. We are just instruments in the hands of God. God, Spirit, Buddha, Allah, I mean, you can call uh, universe, w- whatever. But we are just offering our, you know, like our music or our words, our inspiration. And, and it's, we are just gloves. And within that glove, there's the hand of God uh, acting, you know, doing it, his thing. So the more we are able to take ourselves out of the situation, the better. And then... It's where, in my experience, it's where the fear just dissolves. There's just, I mean, emotion, it's okay, because it becomes excitement, uh, but the fear is gone, because it's not about me. If I give a speech uh, at a large audience in a language that is not my native language, you know, like a typical situation where I would feel fear, but it's not about me. It's about the message I convey, and, and that's it. In in the same kind of vein, one one thing that um struck me once when I was performing, I was I was working with a ballet company, and um and I was doing th- something which was particularly stressful, and um and I felt very fearful and and sort of under the cosh with it all, and then just above the the theatre rail, looking into the pit, were um three or four children looking in all dressed up in their sort of finery and their their sort of as if they were ballerinas about to watch this show, and it just suddenly struck me, it was like. It doesn't matter what I what happens in this particular 
show or this particular production you know like you said you know all you're doing is trans transmitting and transferring an emotion um, music or whatever it happens to be to someone else to enjoy and and me on my average day is going to do more than that for these people who are just coming for the maybe the first time the wonder of seeing something beautiful in the arts you know and actually then when you realize that you know take it away from yourself what are you trying to do for somebody else then actually it's all positive and like you say then the, the fear just dispels and 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 you can move on yeah absolutely absolutely what advice would you give your younger self <laughs> to trust life and be patient in that sense so um I, of course, there has been many moments in my life where I was impatient, like, you know, to grow, to get to my goals. Uh, and sometimes, even if I had clarity about my goals, the, the path to achieving them was not that straight. <laughs> <laughs> and so now you imagine you go from A to B, you just go and get there. Instead, no, you have to go through, I mean, like a roller coaster to get to B. So... I think that to guide us, life has to push us every once in a while. So, uh, like, a plant that is growing must be transplanted every so often. Because if a plant is not transplanted, the plant doesn't grow. And so, uh, the, the same goes with us, you know, we human beings. So, when we transplant our house plants, we have no doubts. But what happens with us you know when we don't get our uh, get to our goals um as quick as we would like to uh we start you know doubting ourselves we start doubting life we start becoming impatient um and but in reality sometimes life too uh, transplants us taking us away from all relationships or all jobs all situations uh, and maybe we were attached to those old relationship or old job. Uh, but in reality, if we have faith, we'll have, you know, we will, we'll find our new ways. So just as we have faith that we'll have enough oxygen for our next breath, we can have faith, uh, that, I mean, th there's always a new ways ready for us, that we are safe, that everything is okay. Uh, that everything happens for, for our own good, even if in the moment it may be difficult to recognize it. Because when we develop this kind of, you know, faith or trust, then we worry much less. We become less anxious. We just flow with life and it, everything is much easier. I really, I really love that. It's a, it's, it's a way of thinking and a way of being and, and it does take practice doesn't it because you often find yourself in the moment like you say you're not quite oh how can this be a good thing for me because it makes me feel or I'm in this situation which doesn't feel comfortable but actually just having that faith wherever you get that from and in whichever form that comes just gives you that ability and I, yeah, I think that's such great advice yeah and I, I actually developed a question because normally when I had, you know, the difficult moments in my life, uh, I, of course, I, I started asking, oh, why is this happening to me, you know, which is a horrible question because it, it brings you down the rat hole even more. Uh, but the question, the coaching question that then I develop is what is happening for me or in my favor, you know? Uh, so when, when I 
ask this question, I I'm forced to to look at the good things at the lesson. So the first question, uh, why is this happening to me? Activates all the victimization, self pity. Uh, go, it goes fishing in the well of resistance and conditioning. Whereas the second question, what is happening for me in my favor? What is perfect here? You know, uh, this question is special, and it is since it's not possible to answer it with human eyes because, of course, we don't have the answers. We must raise our perspective and activate our transpersonal eyes, so our divine eyes. And this question allows us to go beyond our limitations and rediscover our path. And so uh, now I, even when difficult things happen in my life, you know, when, when I'm faced with challenges, I try to ask this kind of question, this new question. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. What does your future look like? So what I want is that my work helps people to live better, to have the strength to believe in their talents and the ability and the courage to develop them. So um, in this sense, um, I hope uh, to be able to spread, uh, you know, my teachings and my method and to connect with other people also in other countries. Because I I'm a strong believer in you know helping each other and doing things together, and so um, I also believe that the personal improvement goes through the increase of one patience and compassion. So personally, that's what I'm working on, diminution of judgment, uh, and that's also what I'm working on personally and what I also help people to work on, uh, search for the purpose of one's life and the desire to share it with the world. So these are all the things that, you know, I I will see myself improving even more in my life and helping other people improve in their life. So the final idea is really to create a movement. Uh, it, it has already happened in Italy, because in Italy I've already trained uh, hundreds of coaches and facilitators and teachers, and they, you know, lead their own workshops and and sessions and but but the idea is to make it a more global movement uh, where we can really help the world uh, live in peace that's the idea and and honor any any life form yeah that, that that's beautiful and I, I love I always love it when I hear it's about vision and continuing and growing in something which you're already doing because then you know you're at the heart of everything don't you rather than at this point I'd like this to be the final result because that's something which you like you said before it's not something that you can control and actually not something that you can really expand into yeah yeah definitely and the, and the other thing of course as I mentioned before is my project on education which uh um, is, is, I mean, has just, has already started in Italy and uh, I'm, you know, like, like with, with workshops and programs for teachers, uh, for students and for parents. And uh, I, I have the, the vision of bringing it outside Italy and in other countries as well. Well, I'd certainly be very interested in, in learning more about that. Certainly, being involved in education here in the UK. So, um, yes, we should we should chat. We should chat some more about that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what podcast, book, video, film, song, or other resource has had the biggest impact on your life, and why? Well, um, of course, many uh, video, podcast, film had you know impact on my life. 
um, just to give you an idea about songs, the Beatles had a big impact on my life because again, they were about freedom and equality and a new world. Um, and in terms of book, Autobiography of a Yogi, of a Yogi by Yogananda. Um, because it's actually the life of Yogananda himself. And Yogananda was one of the first uh, spirit, Indian spiritual teachers who came to the West. Um, and actually, he was one of the, the, the main characters who uh, popularized meditation and Hinduism also in the States and, I mean, in Europe. Um, so um, what really struck me about this book is uh, first of all, it's a fantastic, you know, reminder of the magic that it is in our life, because we get so focused on the technicality of life, uh, the burdens of life, uh, the all the things that we have to do, and uh, we forget about the magic that is in life itself, uh, that it's available for all of us. And the other thing is that. It, it's really a good example of how to bring spirituality in our everyday life. So those are, you know, the concepts that stayed with me uh, as soon as I, and, and are still with me uh, from when I read the book. Yeah, I love that. If you, um, if, if you want to know more about all of this, we're going to have links to all these things on the show notes. So if you go to educationonfire.com and in the search bar, just write Lucia and um, and we'll have the, the show notes for this podcast will come up and we'll have links to all these things so you can find out more very easily. So um, for those people who were so intrigued and I hope inspired to find out more about exactly what your courses are and, and read your books and, and really getting in, in, into your life even more, um, what's the best place for them to find out about you? Well, it's my website. It's uh, my name. So it's www.luciagiovannini.com and it's spelled L-U-C-I-A-G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I-N-I.com. And by the way, there's also a free gift there. Uh, and it's called uh, um, uh, the 5-Day the Transformation Challenge. And it's a five-part video series. Uh, and it's part of my method, A Whole New Life. And the idea there in, in that, the, the reason why I created that, that free gift, that video series, is to help people to stick to the changes that they want to make. And, and uh, in, a, in an easy way. Uh, so we go through the phases of change um, with exercises and coaching questions. And so it's a guided challenge to discover a, an easy and enjoyable way to stick to your goal and create lasting change. Well, that re- that really is a free gift and, and an amazing gift to do, to share. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> I've really enjoyed our chat today. I mean, I think we could probably chat for hours, but we should uh, just round this off now. And uh, and thank you so much, Lucia, for sharing your wisdom, allowing us to learn from your wonderful experiences. Thank you, Mark. It's been really inspiring and uh, it's been an honour to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. Remember to keep up to date with everything that's happening on the Education on Fire podcast network. You can sign up at educationonfire.com and enter your details to receive the latest information and episodes on the newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. The more we share, the more help and inspiration we can provide.
Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.